I'm Christy Hemingway, host of Ed Curation, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. so unhinged <laughs> like and we are great <laughs> anyway um i if you are if you've not listened to us before my name is josh schwartz i'm one of the co-hosts of the high tech podcast and that other voice his name is will yep that's there you go i was I'm always i'm always waiting for you point. when you do that that you're gonna be I, like bob now you're just gonna like say you know, and this yeah, is whatever this jorge is, yeah this is <laughs> This is Frankenstein. Uh, he is, yeah. I don't, yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're at 118 episodes. And we still haven't figured out an intro. You know, I feel like this is uh, this is. I think thing. this is the thing. This is this the, is the thing. Thing. Just, thing. is just, just messy, the new, chaotic. The new intro is me just coming in unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> How weird can we make new, it? New game. Okay, you just write down random words in the show notes, and I will just like spout them off. <laughs> as we enter into the episode um spoiler yeah. alert this is not the weirdest that this is going to get this episode we, oh absolutely we had a, a, this a isn't great... even the weirdest it's gotten on the high-tech podcast let's be that's real that's fair uh yeah fair. Actually, absolutely we're the high-tech podcast we love talking about ed tech and all those fun things and that's what we're going to be doing again this week uh but we are going to be doing something a little bit different this week we're going to be escaping oh <gasps> gotta get away gotta get them out gotta get away with murder isn't that a isn't is that, that a lyric? what what are you singing right now? i was i thought i had a lyric <laughs> coming to my mind i just started speaking you, I mean, it's clear that that's what happened you thought yeah. there was a lyric <laughs> i for a second i thought you were going into like a pokemon song and then i was like like gotta, gotta catch them all, all pokemon oh yeah. i gotta get rid of that yeah. uh got a song. What a, yeah, sorry song. some unknown song from not a show that's copyrighted uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway so nondescript yeah exactly uh we're gonna talk about escape rooms this week i know uh you thought that has nothing to do with education and you're wrong uh it does <laughs> so will and i've done escape wrong. rooms a bunch um but we have never actually led one in an educational sense but we're gonna be joined this week by sophie young's there's an s folks which i think is <laughs> hilarious like that's great um sophie young's uh she is another connection we had through uh steve martinez uh who was from cammy who's on uh one of our episodes 113 13 yeah i did that off the top of my head i didn't even look at the database I know. Uh, wow josh i didn't know you could yeah, do that that was a whole five episodes ago that should be impressive <laughs> that i remembered that yeah um, probably like a month and a half ago at least yeah i know steve is awesome uh he is uh joined us from cami and talked about flipped classrooms episode 113 uh through that connection we found sophie uh who is also a huge nerd like they, it's like bred into cami uh like, i love it uh, well, just, or or educators like it's it's yeah, both cami yes, and educators like yeah, i'm a nerd, I've met, I've met some educators nerd. that are not as nerdy as we are um that's, they're mostly pe teachers but uh they're <laughs> 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 
Savage. Or sorry, business professors. Anyway, um, we. <laughs> the, ooh, I, I'm getting a little. I'm getting a little spicy. Uh, spicy. But Sophie, uh, uh, I forget how we connected with Sophie. Did you? Steve actually. Steve was like, "Oh, by the way, you should talk to Sophie." Blah 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 blah. Okay, blah. and that was, was how the thread. that was how the connection worked out. Yeah. Hats for, off for to you, those, Steve. Thank you. Remember, I mentioned in this episode later when we're talking to Sophie that, like, Will, the networking ninja of the high tech podcast, is the one who usually finds the guests. And uh, I do mention this in the, the interview with Sophie a little bit, but usually the way it goes down is like, one, either I don't know we're doing a guest, I'll be totally honest, uh, it just shows up on our schedule. Um, or uh, Will will be like, I found this person who wants to talk about this. Should we talk about this? And uh, there's only been two cases where I've basically, one, I think you felt confident enough to book them without even confirming with me and yep. uh two that was like an immediate yes and one of them was sophie which is this uh awesome <laughs> yeah. conversation about uh digital escape rooms in education uh, so there's was... a ton of experience doing these and I, i'm excited to hear what she has to say and talk through it i've already heard it i don't know i've already alluded to that but I'm we're we're, like we're done it. with the interview but we're also yeah. excited to have the interview happen for you yeah. like we we're are excited, excited. For you to join us <laughs> in the future where we are now yeah that's not confusing at all is it that's anybody totally ever seen space balls because this is a moment from space balls they're looking yeah. at themselves uh, oh, themselves i've seen space balls and been reminded that my last name sounds like the thing from space balls for my entire life but people are um, wrong yeah it's whatever it's fine uh, but so right. he has a ton of experience doing it, right? And uh, she taught for many years in a subject that Will and I should never teach, which is math, um, and did a lot of fun stuff, but really got into digital escape rooms and is a vast uh, resource of knowledge, both on digital escape rooms, some of what Cammy has to offer, which we've talked about before in the podcast and love to talk about again. So with that said, I'm going to stop previewing the thing that you're here listening to and want to want to listen to. So uh, let's just uh, let's jump on over to Sophie Young's and uh, talk about some digital escape rooms. OK, folks, we're very excited. There's already been a couple of connections between nerddom and lore and just general um, geekiness. We're thrilled to have a fellow geek with us in this episode. Sophie Young's joining us for this episode. Thank you, Sophie, for joining us on this episode. Um, we are excited to hear about a very specific topic, but before we get to the specifics, a little bit of background. Who are you? Where do you come from? What are you doing? Hello, hello. I say that all the time at work. I am. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to the Cami Show. That's what I said. That's my intro. Um, I love it. My a little back, bit of background about me is like teaching has just sort of been in my blood. Um, my grandmother always volunteered at the local elementary schools to teach the history of the American flag. We, she even had a couple of versions of the flag to show while she was there and all dressed up in like the bonnet and poofy dress and all that oh, wow. jazz. Oh, that seems um, already amazing. Impressive. For a second, I thought you were going to say different versions of the history. Like you were just like there. <laughs> <laughs> Though she probably would do that. Um, then my, <laughs> my mom was an elementary teacher and is now an instructional coach. Um, so oh, I grew wow. up with my mom as a teacher and she would sub in my own classes when I was growing up and stuff. So that was always a weird day. Um, and then <laughs> uh, I, when I got uh, in college years, while I was pursuing my education degree, actually, I wanted to be like everything. I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, an art teacher, a PE teacher, a math teacher. I wanted to do it all. Um, but while I was 
pursuing that, I was a camp counselor for West Virginia 4-H camps all over the state of West Virginia from where I am. Um, And that was actually a summer job. We were called like extension camping instructors, like the real name and actually got paid to do it. So that was my summer job. A history of cool job titles. It's like the beginning of your crazy titles. Yeah. (laughs) Before that, I was a barista. So okay. That one's not as cool. Back back then, that was cool. You know, back it was. (laughs) Um, And then I um, was a graduate assistant. I was an undergrad assistant and a graduate assistant uh, at the college that I was um, going to, in the in the science department. For so she was the Dr. Deb was the she taught secondary science and science methods, all the things that you were supposed to learn before you taught elementary science. Um, so that was a really cool time. And then I actually graded some of those assignments as I grad assistant. So that was cool. She actually helped me do my very first tech integration class, integrated technology into her class was one of her college level classes. So that was, she is the reason why I am where I am. I can say that for sure. Um, I love that. What was the, what was the tech? Out of curiosity, what did you guys integrate? It was a word cloud, and we used okay. their cell phones to answer a question, and then it automatically populated into a word cloud to see yeah. their understanding. Uh, it was uh, triggering prior knowledge. Yeah, yep. So that was that was really cool, and she was she's very low tech. Um, I built her eWeek site, so they have like an e like everything's online for her a whole week, and I built that site for her so that she could use that. I don't know if she's still using it. That was over ten years ago, but <laughs> <laughs> she she might be using it exactly as you exactly left. <laughs> as is. And that would that'd be what she would do for sure. Um, and then after graduating and all that jazz, um, I was a middle school math, science, and technology teacher for six years in a variety of different schools all over West Virginia. And then when we settled in an area, I got married, you know, we settled in an area. You know, the things that happen in life. <laughs> yeah. Things, bought a house, you know. We, I became the technology and curriculum specialist at the district for the secondary schools. Um, and that was the first time I worked at a high school. So that was a new, that was an adventure. High school teachers are completely different than middle school teachers, which are completely different than elementary school teachers. Like you just gotta be. <laughs> Listener, I'm nodding my head furiously. Yes. I, I've, I've done a lot of contract training and support for, for instructors in K-12. I've never taught in K-12. I was not a primary ed or something like that. You know, like I, it wasn't my space. I always went into higher education, but then I got into contracting and supporting districts man, was the, the the audience different depending on the grade levels you're working with. And then even if, if you could just get like the science group, that'd be fun. If you just got one group of teachers, right? Science is one of my favorites. If I could just have science teachers or social studies teachers, they have the right kind of weird that just meshes great with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love Quote them. Right there. Yes. That's that why nice. Steve and I get along so well because he was a social studies teacher. <laughs> That's true. Great point. Oh, man. We love Steve. I, I can see the promo now. Social study teachers. We have the right amount of weird. And then it's just a slideshow. I'm going to pitch that to Netflix. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump right on that. I know that's what they've been waiting for. Um, yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, then I transitioned into 
I'm now uh, working at Cami. Um, Cami is an absolutely amazing ed tech tool that you guys recently learned is like your Swiss army knife for education. You can do so many things with it. And I became really passionate about it during COVID and post yeah. that. Um, however, I actually used it for the very first time before they did the name change to Cami. They used to be notable PDF and I used it to fill out some college paperwork oh, um, for my grad school. I didn't realize they were notable. I, I know that name. I mean, that was a great name change. Like, really good rebranding. <laughs> like, like, notable people makes, makes me feel like I'm, like, at IBM in the 80s during computers. Uh, Cami feels a lot more modern. Uh, so, yes. It was a fantastic okay. pivot. They Good job there. Marketing. <laughs> Lou, you made a good job. <laughs> um but yes, so I used it way back when, when I was getting ready for graduate school um, and just to like fill out some paperwork because I didn't have a printer at home. So I just filled it out and turned it in and it was great. Um, yeah. So then it was a need. It solved a problem for my teachers. I it pushed it out to them. They tried it. They liked it way better than Doc Hub at the time was also like free. But ever since then, Doc Hub has even like increased and has is completely different than what it was when it started but Cami has done the exact same thing. So like so many nude things, so many things I wish I had when I was in the classroom, so many things that I have honestly considered maybe I should go back and teach math for a year just to try out all the cool math tools that we have. But then I remember, <laughs> uh, and then I remember why I left and I'm like, nah. <laughs> nah. The irony I, of um, us being very education centric people, Josh and I, uh, Josh still in education, me having left. It, 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 I think sometimes like, what would it take to, to go back? And it's a very long list. Isn't it Sophie? Like, I don't, I don't know if I could go back. I love working from home. I do. I, I love it. I love being able, like my bed's right, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bed right there. <laughs> Um, I can go outside and walk whenever I want to. I can go to the bathroom whenever I want to. I love working from home and I have the flexibility. My husband's a clinical pharmacist at our local hospital. So his um, work schedule is wonky and rotates around weird. So I have the ability to go take my kids to school when I need to and to go to the doctor's appointments and go to after school things and not have to worry about taking days just because I'm not going to be there for 30 minutes. It's just one thousand percent. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, totally. I I do it for a day. That was like the for listeners not paying attention. Uh, if we could edit it in, will hello darkness, my old friend, would be a nice, <laughs> a nice moment right there. Like I'm working out. <laughs> Put you in vignette, just like just like television <laughs> into just your drop like, it in, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, the trolls version. The oh. oh gosh. <laughs> yes. I don't know yeah. if I'm how I'm gonna do that without breaking a copyright. I'll have to think it'll be fine. It'll be the video that gets pulled down for five seconds. We'll fix it. It'll be it'll yeah. be great. Um so Sophie, you're working from home now. Now Kimmy, what are you so you're you're still in education, right? So you're interacting with educa educators and things like that. So walk the listener through a little bit like what what are you doing now at Cammy? You know, what is some of that that look like for you? I am the professional learning manager at Cami. I have lots of different things on my plate. I helped interview some of our newer teacher success champions. One just started today. I um, 
helped start her off today because our boss is, was on vacation today. So I helped start her off today. I started the initiative for our professional learning playbook. So we, as we build materials that we present with, we store them in the playbooks according to the sessions that we have sort of created over the year and a half that I've been at Cami. So if you have a session pop up all of a sudden and you're like, crap, I need to go and prepare for this, you, you don't have to make anything from scratch. Cami is all about don't make anything from scratch. Use what you already got. So we just transitioned that into our working life as well. So we provide professional learning opportunities, unlimited free training to any teacher at any time, whenever they want to, as many times as they want, virtual. Wow. Um, and we're <laughs> <laughs> not going to just run Are out you to your house. in here once a week? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you heard it from us, folks. Sophie will come right to your house. At any moment, you just gotta. She loves working from her home, your home, and her home, everybody's home. You know, it's and you great. get home, and you get home. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, anyways, so... <laughs> I'm just a socially awkward person. Um, so I, I'm bad at transitions, but yeah, so I do that. I um. I'm one of the backup people if they have issues and they need to like have something covered, I come in and back up. Um, I dubbed the Cami Queen crown when I was at my old district and it just sort of continued to be like, I'm the Cami Queen go-to person. I um, am asked all the questions by the whole team. Um, but I have also started creating copies of me and other coworkers. So I'm starting to see it. I'm noticing it. Visibility. I am not the only one they go to anymore. They're going to Margie and this new girl. They're going to go to Stephanie and they're going to this person and they're going to that person. They're not just coming to me, which opens me up to have a lot more time to do the other things that are on my <laughs> list of things to do. All the other stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, so I sort of manage that project um, of all of our sessions. I listen to our educators of what they want to learn about, uh, whether it is blended learning, flipped learning, um, universal design, station rotations with Cami, and we then build presentations around that and materials to go with it. My favorite is the tips and tricks one, and I do this entire session in um, the Very Hungry Caterpillar book. <laughs> Okay. All it right. sounds very childish, but it's so cool because then you, we really deep dive into um, this is totally off topic, but we really deep dive into like bringing in an image to be like an eyes on me opportunity. So your kids are following the image all around with you while you're reading it. But then you can also bring in the animated video of very hungry caterpillar and post it on the side or even on the page and then you can have hyperlinks to activities about the butterfly um life cycle and stuff it's just really cool it's just it's and really all of that's in one cami like that's yes. like you just can organize that into one little spot like that's one of those things we were this is turning into the cami show for a minute which we're totally fine with but like that's why we we're loving on it so much and we're talking to steve about it because like holy smokes this thing is, is fantastic i had to look up the very hungry caterpillar i um had a well, that's, a little, that's a little offensive Whoa, now. yeah <laughs> yep, sorry i'll just <laughs> no okay <laughs> i it sounds like you need to I do recognize this it with will <laughs> I, Dude, I volunteer. I, I recognize <laughs> it, the image, but I don't know the story. So it's a butterfly life cycle. Colors and fruits and counting too, all in there with Eric Carl's 
amazing art. Like, yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It took me, the second you mentioned it, it took me immediately back to the art and like the white book and like, like vibe. The There's like a specific vibe to it. This is, yeah. It's okay. It was, it was, it was, it was public school, Will. Um, I may have gotten that, but you got a lot of other things. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I will, I will admit, uh, Sophie, with the one little bit more cami show thing, I think the thing I was most impressed about when we talked with Steve and just it's coming out in what you're talking about too is I just, I, I do really appreciate you guys in how you're, you put a lot of focus into not just like having a tool, but like connecting with teachers and doing professional development with them. Not, not everybody does that. Um, and so I think that's just hats off to you and your team. That's, that's cool that you guys are emphasizing that and that focus of not just here's the tool, but also like here, we'll, we'll work with you. We'll talk with you. We'll work through actual techniques and things that people are doing and looking at from the educational side of things. Um, it's just really cool. I think it's a cool focus that you guys have uh, that can set you apart a little bit. I think it's part of the reason Will and I really dig what you guys are doing at Cami and the app itself, plus playing around with it. Will and I like technology as well. So, um, as if that was a surprise. Surprise! <laughs> yeah! Break fourth wall. Um, so, now, you're Cami, you're doing all that stuff, but you also have another obsession that I'm very interested to keep talking about in this episode. Um, the I, whole point of this episode. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta set, I gotta set the stage here for a second, listeners. Okay, so if it isn't clear yet to those listening to the High Tech Podcast, Will does a lot of the guest interactions before we do stuff. Like he's the guy on our email. He's the networking ninja, and so I usually find out about people through Will, and it usually goes like this: it's like a Discord message, right? And it's like you know, for those of you not paying attention, you're listening to audio. I'm fake typing. This is why you should go to YouTube because it's awesome um and uh so it's usually like hey we got We're this person typing now. who wants to talk about this you, and all i get from will is like i got a person they want to talk about digital escape rooms and i was like i don't care who they are yes um so, <laughs> that sounds amazing um and uh, now we've we are we've learned we're all three nerds and have a lot more connections than that. But I love this idea. You talked a little bit before we got on that you you were so obsessed with digital escape rooms. We got to a point that some of your fellow teachers were like, "Okay, Sophie, we we know they exist." Um, but I'm curious, what? Uh, first of all, let's describe to the listener here for a second. When you say digital escape room, okay, what what is that? Right. So let's give me your little your elevator pitch of like what is a digital escape room. A digital escape room is an escape room, <laughs> but it is all digital. <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect. Nailed it. With the yes. landing. Um, uh, so <laughs> if you have a scenario, it's presented digitally. And then all the puzzles and the locks are also digital, which opens up the opportunity where it's really low effort on the teacher's part, because you don't have to set locks up, change the lock combinations. You don't have to prep any of the materials for the students to find the mystery book that is a lock and it has a prize. And you don't have to do any of that stuff. It's all online. It's easy reset because all you have to do is give them the, the link. Like that's it. Um, there's no like cutting and printing and laminating. It's really low cost because even if you buy puzzles, it's, it's all in one situation. You're not buying the bags, the totes, the locks, the keys, or any, the envelopes, whatever it is, you're not buying any of that stuff. And you don't have to replace any of that stuff if it gets messed up because it's all digital. When it gets messed up because kids and also. (laughs) 
Um, it also provides you with a lot more flexibility. So like you're not just stuck with if you get the one number combination, that's just four numbers, all your puzzles then have to be four number combinations. But if you're doing it digitally, you can do ciphers and arrows and letters and dots and collars, all that stuff. You could do whatever lock it is. So many more puzzles available to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's no physically moving around the room. If you have students that can't, that have difficulties controlling their body, maybe middle schoolers have to run into each other all the time. You know, you don't have to worry about that. You just sit up your <laughs> sit up your desks and they work together on their devices. Um, oh, and there are it's escape rooms in general have like this whole like self-checking, self-assessing thing. So in, right. in general, it's uh it's a low that's a low effort on teachers and it's more effort on the students solving and puzzling things out. Um, because it's a self-checking situation. I suggest doing them for um, review and checking for understanding things. I've not had a successful one happen where the escape room was the instructional tool. Um, it just takes a lot longer and you don't have time for that. Um, teach it else, teach it elsewhere, explore elsewhere, check for understanding and do like the review before the test with an escape room. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Because you're building that whole environment or that experience, trying to also get instruction inside of it just starts to create an experience that gets confused. Also, them trying to process that live while they're dealing with the escape room component. I could imagine the largest, like the largest escape room they've ever taken. If you ended up actually trying to like do a full unit of instruction or something through escape rooms, I'm I'm thinking of like one actual escape room I, I participated in where it might have been my it was my first i got so interested so in, in involved in the narrative that i spent probably 15 minutes reading a book that was in the room for clues for anything i just like there's gotta be something in the book like there's gotta be something in this book and the book eventually was relevant but not because of anything in the book but i spent 15 minutes distracted by the fact that like well but this, this could be this could have an answer. This could have an answer. Yeah. So, like, Me- meanwhile, watch. Will's party died in the escape room. Um, <laughs> you didn't escape. You didn't yeah. escape. Escape <laughs> room. Now I'm curious. I'm curious, Sophie. Like talking through this, because Will and I are familiar with some of the idea. Did you, when you first started doing this, did you get like already pre-set up ones? Did you? What did you use to do this a little bit? Because I can imagine for the average teacher, that would be the overwhelming thing to think of. It's like, okay, resources and stuff are easier. Can reset stuff, but like, whoo, I can barely like open PowerPoint. Uh, what is what is a digital? How do how do I do that digital escape room? I went searching for pre-made ones first. I did because I wanted it to be super easy on the teacher and me, and I wanted to learn from people that already made it. So I went searching for free ones just to play around with them, see how they made them. I went looking for tutorials. And at this time, they were still pretty early. Like escape rooms in the classroom was still pretty early on. There wasn't a whole lot out there. Um, they had, there's breakout edu and I just went back to their website after being out of the classroom for a year and a half. It's a completely different website now. (laughs) I didn't even know where I was going. They've done a whole, whole new thing. Um, but yeah, that's one of the places that I went to and learned a lot about creating, um, escape rooms, but I definitely, my first digital escape room was not one that I created myself. I used somebody else's. My favorite one is, the escape classroom because not only 
do they have digital escape rooms? They have the physical ones too. And they provide you with all the stuff. You just print it out, cut it out, give it to your kids and stuff. But they like create um, preview videos and something to play like the week before you do it that also have like a clue in the video, getting kids hyped about it. It's amazing. Um, and then they have like just mystery ones too. They have different versions of this like escape room where you're solving the mystery and figuring out who was the murderer and stuff. But they're also content based, like contact clues. So they're doing the hard part, coming up with all the scenarios for you. You're just doing a context clues review with your kids. Um, it was fabulous. And they get all creepy. They put like wear masks and had do voices and stuff. It was that one is my favorite. I, okay. I, and I don't work for them, but the escape classroom <laughs> where I suggest you guys go. Getting the content itself a good place to be. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that. I went adventuring down a rabbit hole into escape rooms and creating them and creating physical ones, creating hybrid ones, creating digital ones. And I had some teachers that were all for 100% physical with the physical locks. Um, I created one that was... Um, body systems that was 100% physical with like bank bags because they have the lock built in oh, wow. on them. Yeah. It was, it's magical. Those teachers still use it today. And that was like a couple of years ago that I made it for them. Um, and so that was a seventh grade one, but the, we did a context clues one in um, 11th grade English. And that one was fun. Uh, we did a couple other ones in like a freshman English class. That was some English. I don't remember what the purpose of it was, but it was amazing to see the students because, I mean, I taught some of these kids. I taught at the middle school that these kids went up to the high school too. And then I was the coach at the high school. And to see that one student that's like, oh, he's just going to sit there and do nothing, turn into a leader in the group, leading and solving the puzzles. And like, it was amazing to see this transformation. And that wasn't a physical one. Um but yeah, I saw kids like are collaborating, communicating, working together to solve the problem. They're all huddled around like one screen um, and just really into this puzzle that they're trying to solve, this overarching puzzle that they're trying to solve. And that was what I struggled with. I can create digital escape rooms, but coming up with a situation that yeah. gets them interested and in wanting to solve the problem, that's what I struggled with. Now with ChatGPT, I don't have to worry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was going to say AI I'm makes that a different you. world right now. I was thinking just even like the tools that are out there digitally to create your own rooms and then add in now AI that can help you create some of that content. Like Will and I are messing around with this right now for another thing we're working on uh, in what we're doing. And like, I I'm getting to play with like mid journey photo creation right now with AI. And like, I could easily see like, okay, I'm going to create this, you know, maybe not game of Thrones theme. That might be a little intense, but uh medieval theme. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh I could create, you could create backgrounds and things super easily to like create rooms and literally have like ChatGPT write you the scenario. And for those who haven't played with it, like you can literally do that. Like I've, I've written a and D game through ChatGPT. It did it for me. It like wrote the, the whole flow and like how things were. So you could easily do an escape room scenario. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of power in that. The AI tools to be able to help with this specific type of thing that you'd want to do as an educator. Yeah, like if we had had ChatGPT while I was still a coach, 
I'd have been busting out escape rooms like crazy, like with really incre- intriguing thing. Everyone gets escape rooms. Everyone gets the per- Every standard, here's your escape room. Like it would have just been, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, and that's one of those things. <clears throat> when you think about the physical escape rooms, people, if you're not, if, if nobody's done one of these or not too um, familiar, you pay someone to lock you in a room and <laughs> you go through any number of puzzles to try and get out of the room. In that one where I spent 15 minutes in the book, why I said that that was relevant is the book next to it on the bookshelf. Eventually, I got to pull it, and it opened up an extra room that none of us knew was there, and it was super awesome. <laughs> we did get out of that room and beat the time, but that's that's the physical experience. Digitally, we're looking at like maybe a lot more reliance on the narrative, the uh, the flow of the content, the puzzles themselves. like. In a physical room, like I had the pleasure of like pulling on a book and it unlocked a door and picking up a sword and reading something on the back of it, right? Like there's the the realia that becomes a part of that. But what was that like for you going into the digital context? Did you use images and create things and put stuff in there, or was it like so text heavy? Um, I used. I like to do a blend, like to have audio, video, images, um, and then the variety of puzzles the locks that they got to unlock helped as well. So they were looking for different things. Or even if it was something that I liked to do was you got a multiple choice question, four multiple choice questions. The answers are A, B, C, D. Okay. Then you take those answers and put them into a puzzle that gives you the lock combination. So the task itself is very content-based and not necessarily puzzle-based, but then you get to take the answers and use those to solve a puzzle. And that one, those were easy. Those were easier for me to do um, so that they still got that puzzle solving thing, but we were still very hard on the review of on the material. Task. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, so yeah, that was, that was the gist of that. Um, but they're really actually, they're pretty basic to make if you just want to do like a simple, easy one with just like Google sites and a Google form. That's, That's really, you got, I was about to say like, so how do we get started? Right. So I've, I've seen them with Google forms, but what's the relationship of sites? Like what, what are we doing? Well, if you embed the forms on the sites, then you can have more in the site. You can host the scenario in the site. You can host the audio, a video, or a link to uh, a puzzle where they do the puzzle and get the answer over here and then come back and put it in the Google form. So it just it. hosts the entire thing in one location for you at the teacher. You just, this is your site. Here you go. Give you the first link. You hide all the pages so that the students don't see it. The published version, you can't see those other pages that you've created so then when the form gives them good job you did it it gives them the link to the next page the next puzzle it just is a nice place to put it all together and package it in one place i had a um i had someone who applied for a job in one of my old teams literally use and i think he got the job yeah, he got the job. It wasn't, it was a, I was at Penn State University, 26 campuses. He was applying for a similar team, different campus. That's why I like didn't remember exactly. He used one of these as his presentation, his pedagogical presentation. So it was just a Google form and it was linear, 
and it was very text heavy. That's why I was leading into this question. But that meant like for his purposes and like with us as he has his audience, it was very effective. I'm thinking with younger learners, you're going to want more images, more video, more audio. But like that site's idea of building the narrative in the site and using something like Google Sites, which is pretty flexible, like you can just make as many pages as you want. You've got a lot of architecture. You, I like how you mentioned you just hide the pages you don't want them to see to get to when they get like a direct link. Ah, that's all free too. Like the Google Suite and everything like that. There's no cost. They just there's some investigation if you're not familiar. But like the Google Form side, easy, easy, easy. I know that. The Google Site side, maybe you need a little bit more support, or if you've never used it before. Like I, I haven't done a lot in Google Sites, but I can imagine it's not as hard because Google's pretty straightforward when it comes to that kind of stuff. I was even creating sites back in the old Google Sites. This Google Sites is easy. Yeah. <laughs> this Google Sites is easy. Like it's, it's an easier tool now. They've, they've yes. optimized it a lot for that type of thing. Now I'm curious. I'm going off I'm going off script for a second. So we're going to see if this part gets edited out of the episode or not. Um, the piece, uh, <laughs> dude, um, because Will and I have only played with Cami a little bit, have you done any escape rooms in Cami itself? Like, have you played around with doing it in the Cami software, like moving around to different places? We, um, Steve and I have actually talked about this in detail. Okay. <laughs> <Are> there... <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. It's not getting edited. Uh, <laughs> Steve, yes, yeah, Steve and I have actually talked about this in detail. I've even brought it up to our engineers a few times of what we need to do to make this better for escape rooms. Um, there's just not a lot of demand for it right now. So it's it's on the list, but it's not a priority. But we have the new Kami questions and we have the option to do multiple choice, short answer and um, drop down. And we want the short answer to have a little extra something in there that only like it tells you when it's wrong, like Google forms has, it tells you when it's wrong, try again. And then when it's right, right. it gives you a, a automatic reply yeah. immediately. You have a Google, you have a, a escape, escape room ability just with that little and yeah. tweak to that tool that we already have immediately because you can create um, cami pages and have, you have links to the cami pages and then you just, create a series of Cami pages that link and chain together. So yeah, Steve and I have already yeah. talked about this. Um, but Very possible. <laughs> well, if it makes An you feel better, you have, high tech, you have the high tech podcast backing. So any Cami engineers <laughs> listening, if you, you're listening to the high tech podcast, you know, uh, you should jump, uh, you should jump on that. There's my let's hook Sophie and team up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have no sway, but we would love to see that happen. I think that'd be yeah. so awesome. Um, but you can also embed Cami docs inside of like Google sites so that the materials or the things that you're having your kids do could be inside of the Cami document. Um, and then you could use another, uh, the lock, whatever it is. Honestly, if you're doing a digital escape room, try to have something physical to it, whether it is that they come up to you to check the answer and then you give them the next QR code okay. because it just increases in the engagement in general. Um, I always tried to have the actual locks in hand because you will not believe how excited kids get when they get to unlock a lock. Like, yeah, it's so I simple. No, I didn't know how many locks there were in the Stop. world until I started doing escape rooms. I'm like, you've got ones you got to do like movement. You got ones with like ABC and one, two, three, but then you got ones that's like positioning. I'm like, dude, locks are fantastic. They're and they're hard. They're hard. They're amazing. <laughs> they're amazing. Um, 
so many different combinations and ways that you can uh, utilize them to like the directional ones that got the arrows pointing in different ways so that you could do map navigation. Um, you've got the letters that could spell out something. You can do that with a periodic table of elements. It's just so many different things that you can assess with a lock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, locks aren't all bad, you know? They bring learning and hope sometimes and enjoyment. They're not they're not always bad. This is we're, we're redeeming locks in this episode. Um, <laughs> that is the new it's the new side goal. Um, okay, now I'm curious those those listening are probably if they're they're asking questions or they're probably like now going to find locks. They're like, Do I have locks in the house somewhere? Um the I'm curious though, so from you mentioned this a little bit, but what impact did you actually see then on the learners doing this right so like your students what was some of the positive impact or reaction that you saw out of doing this or you've seen out of other people doing the escape room techniques um i didn't actually got to do a digital escape room in my own classroom i only got to co-teach with it so i got to see a variety of subjects a variety of grade levels and um a variety of digital headiness. So I've seen 100% digital hybrid and 100% physical in the classroom. Um, and it really doesn't matter what escape room you do. The kids are just excited to do something other than the normal. <laughs> it's, fun. it's fun, especially if you get ones from the escape classroom with like the teaser video at the beginning. And then you take the pictures and post them in the classroom because they escaped. It's just early, like a camaraderie thing. They love the competition. Um, it's very low stakes for them um, because they get to try again and they get to try again and they get to try again. And everyone ends up being a winner. It's just sometimes you get one that gets the Taco Bell meal and the other ones don't. Like, because <laughs> that was a prize one time. <laughs> okay. Right. I was like, that was incredibly that specific. So I'm guessing that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, that was a prize one time. Um, they got a Taco Bell voucher to, to for lunch. It was at high school. So they went, got to go get lunch. And anyways. Yeah. I, I <laughs> I'm down. Give me a right? dream for getting the locks. Let's go. You, the kids that you never thought would participate in group work were excited to do this and were starting to pay attention. Or you would even see them starting to think, oh, I'm too cool for this. But then they would get caught up in it as it was going on because people want to solve problems. People want to answer the questions. So they're like, well, wait a second. Didn't someone like third audio back? Didn't he say that he saw some weird gray matter on blah, 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 blah. And they start engaging. They are thinking cre critically, creatively, they're collaborating, they're communicating, there's four C's, all right Check. there and Check. reviewing materials. And even if they don't know the answer, the team's talking about the answer. And if they didn't know it before they started it, they're picking up on it while they're going through the problem. So it's, it's actually a fantastic review opportunity for the students to work together and pick up on things that they might have missed during the regular instruction. That's great. Yeah. You got I mean, me sold. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was sold from like the moment we mentioned escape and then I was like, Oh, cool. Okay. Um, the I'm in <laughs> escape room. Um, no, well, I, I think there's an interesting point there in what you're making that I think could be missed without 
thinking carefully about it, which is this idea that like, like I've done a bunch of like review games and like, you know, the very popular and the, you know, Jeopardy and, and all those things. But what's interesting about this is you're putting them into these groups that in a scenario where they have to kind of reason and think a little bit more critically than just answering like a question that's up on the board. Right. And so like, it's causing more discussion and honestly, I think would generate a little bit better review where it's not just, we're trying to get the answer right or wrong, but like there's, there's going to end up in any escape room scenario I've been in. There's always at some point, some discussion about whether this is this the right answer or maybe not, or, you know, somebody comes up with something like, yeah, that's totally the right answer. And then they get it wrong and they're still stuck. They still have to work through the right answer instead of going, oh, I think that's right. And then they see a score on the board and they're like, dang it, I wasn't right. Next question. Um, like that, that yeah. forces them to consider it a bit more and, and look at, it. I'm thinking of, uh, I haven't done an academic escape rooms, but Will and I, and a group of us did a like box escape room at a cabin. It was like a Lord of the Rings theme yeah. uh, escape room. And uh, it was yeah. quite difficult. <laughs> Um, and we were, but like, there was a lot of discussion, right? You're like, you're circled up. You're trying to come up with the solutions. You're trying to work through things. You, you always have like one or two people. They try for a while and then they're like, oh, I'm done. Somebody else can figure this out. But like, they, they eventually come back in and they, they want to engage with it. So like applying that to the educational sense is really cool. It's getting those, those discussions going on. If I can only plug one thing, I would say, do not play a Lord of the Rings escape room in a cabin in the middle of the woods in the dark. That was slightly terrifying. Um, but other than that, <laughs> it, was, it was fine. We were, we're not traumatized. Just made the fires uh, bigger, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was totally cool. But uh, yeah, that's, I'm just excited about that idea. I hadn't thought about that when we were talking about this beforehand. I just, like, it's a cool idea. It's a game, but like, it actually has some real um, engagement elements that cause more collaboration and thinking that i think some other scenarios or games could could do yeah um and as i was like sort of preparing for this i was actually thinking about other review games like kahoot where like they just they don't even have to be paying attention to the question they can just click 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 and they will still yeah. progress through you can't do that in escape room you can't yeah i mean there are too many different combinations for you to try to just keep guessing and then you're never gonna win and it's too their kids are too competitive for that like they can't yep. see that group is already on the second level like they can't they handle that, it that pushes them right yeah. i've done i would say i've probably done about 10 escape rooms at this point and we've seen a couple records like my group my, we love doing these things uh we do the box ones like josh is saying we've bought a couple of those different ones we do them around the table I have a briefcase so in my living room. It's like my friend already did it and she gave it to me. And I'm just waiting for a night where I have like my friends over. Are you guys frozen? It, no, 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 no. We are too okay. excited. I'm trying to process. <laughs> do you, so you have an escape room suitcase? Is this it's, a, it's, a brief, it's a briefcase. <laughs> it's a company, I guess. And you can like, it's in a briefcase and it has everything that's in it. And it's packages in different envelopes where the, you, you get this one first and you get this one second. My friend um, Emily and I, we do them all the time when we when she's still working for the district and we would go on conferences together and we would always go to an escape room wherever we went. Um, and we, we won all of them. Um, 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not teachers, baby. We know how to do. <laughs> um, she was a science middle school science teacher, too. We've got a lot in common. Anyways, <laughs> we, we're pros. Um, our husbands just come along, just tag along. We're, we're doing, we're doing right, it. Right, right. <laughs> yep, yep. 
both our husbands are, are pharmacists. Like her husband's my husband's boss. So like we live the same life. We have two boys. Wow. Like we live, we live the same <laughs> life. <That's hilarious>. <laughs> Parallel. <laughs> uh, she went to work at the district level. I went to work for Cammy. That's the, <laughs> that's that's the, the only, only difference. difference. The only difference. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we, she got this for her friends were coming in for, uh, we have a chocolate festival in our hometown. So her friends were coming in, they were going to the chocolate festival and then they stayed up and they did this as, after all the kids went to bed. She said, it's amazing. Here you go. Do it. I don't need it back because she already escaped department. You know, she didn't need it back. Yeah. I haven't been able to get into it yet because my kids are like four and six. So life is crazy. Um, but <laughs> I, it's still there and I know it's still there. And like my favorite board game was Clue. I've always had a passion for mystery things like this Mm -hmm. Um, but this company I looked into it and they can actually just ship you a series of things over a period of time so and I can't think of the name of it but they'll ship you this and that's the first puzzle and then you try work work through it work through it work through it and then a little bit later they'll ship you the next one and then you work through it work through it and then eventually you end up with the whole thing um trying to solve it all so it's just really cool I am the Futurama gif. Take my money. Just take <laughs> my money, please. Shut up and yeah. take my money. That's the only I will like, find well, this. <laughs> you you those... thought we were frozen for how excited yeah. we were. I was <laughs> <laughs> not watching the video. You need to understand what this looked like, okay? Will and I just had our mouths open in very classic frozen face modes. Um, and it wasn't hate. that we were frozen. It was that we were too excited trying to process that there's a real suitcase in someone's house for an escape room. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna, yes. we're gonna stay connected after this. We're gonna, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna find it. I'm gonna get this product and I will own it myself. I'm very excited. <laughs> very cool. I think I remember oh. where it is. My sons might have done something to it, but yeah, I think I remember exactly where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, this has just been a. a wonderful adventure thank you for joining us for this episode thank you for opening up the idea of escape rooms to our our audience i wrote down not only breakout edu but the escaped room the escape the escape classroom and the escape classroom is the escape classroom.com i was look i've already pulled them up those are great resources if you haven't touched these things for yourselves I would bet if you reached out to Sophie on any number of the socials uh, that she would probably give an advice or two. Josh and I would absolutely, but we want to make sure these are not something that you can always get into immediately. Or if you're not, you don't have the, the, the itch for the narrative, get chat GPT to help. But if you're not, you know, there's so many ifs, thens and buts on this one. So just reach out. The high tech podcast is here for you. Breakout EDU is here for you. The escape classroom.com Sophie on social Right, we're gonna help folks build all these escape rooms and enter, not only entertain but engage their students in real learning. I mean, that's the beautiful part of this. It is entertaining. We all have enjoyed it, but like the engagement element of how they get into the learning is just just so beautiful. Will you come back? I mean, usually, usually folks are like, "Oh yeah, we'll come." I'm like, I'm ready to have you back on the podcast. We've got so much more we could tap in. Oh yeah, totally. Just you know, whenever. <laughs> I work from home. I'm always here. <laughs> I'm way to do like a breakout room high tech podcast episode or something. I don't even know how I, we yeah, could do it. I was, I was just thinking it'd be fun to do a high tech podcast escape room. I don't know what we would Maybe do. do it on Twitch or something. I yeah, don't even know. You know or, uh, yeah, or you can come to Will's house at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure you bring the briefcase. Yeah. If he's uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, that's well, I could get there in like seven hours. <laughs> it depends on where you are in West Virginia. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a triangulation. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We're going to wrap the episode here in just a second, but we, uh, we really appreciate you spending the time with us today, Sophie. It's been fun. I wanted to come back dramatically, like through my camera, like do something the spinach, but uh, I'm just going to say we escaped that. I don't, we didn't need to escape that interview, but we are <laughs> the outro. That's, we should we, probably work on language. We're trying to work the yeah. escape room thing in, and now you just, yeah, I don't. I just like uh, to say escape, and it's just not I don't, fitting I don't everywhere. Know, yeah. I mean, like, I, yeah, I don't. It's it's a thing. We're not escaping uh, you, Sophie. Sorry. We love that episode. Yeah. We love that anything, interview. That was you should great. come back and we should do a high tech podcast escape room. Um I like gotta figure I like out how idea. to do this. Yeah, we're I don't know how we're gonna do this. this. Uh interactive episode, maybe? Maybe? I, I love it. Yeah, I love, I love that idea. We're just spit all on ideas right now. If uh, you also like ideas it, hit us up and, and then tell us. Josh is going to figure out how to do them. Uh, hit us up uh, yeah. at hightechpod.us. Exactly. No, so like back to the escape room, back to Sophie's conversation. Um, I, it shouldn't be an epiphany moment for me, but I think really the conversation with Sophie that for me was so helpful was realizing how escape rooms naturally force critical thinking and problem solving in a way other like review games don't right so like if you're looking at why should i do an escape room not just because it's flashy and has some panaz or nash whatever will said five seconds ago um (laughs) uh, but because it in of itself forces conversation collaboration and problem solving in a way that not many other games do right so like we're not trying to bash Kahoot, right? Kahoot is a helpful tool. I've used it before. I do hate your music. Sorry, Kahoot. Uh, like that's a, Thank you. <laughs> that's a hot take in the high-tech podcast. Uh, and uh, it's not that hot of a take. It's just, it's truth. Um, but, the, <laughs> but there is this thing, and Sophie mentioned it too, which is that like you can do those review quizzes, but like you can progress while still getting the answer wrong. An escape room right. forces you and forces the group of students that you put together to actually get the question right. And it gives them this low stakes way of being wrong and trying again and trying again with an objective in mind. That's not just getting the right answer, but like competing against your fellow students and maybe getting to Taco Bell. Although I probably do a different prize. I didn't want to mention that Sophie while you're here, but uh, sorry. I love Taco Bell. Yeah, that's Don't you fine. Mac on my Taco Bell. Come can, on, you man. also Jeez. like Hawaiian pizza too, and you, that's wrong. So, yeah, because um, I have taste, buddy. I have taste. One might Good argue taste. lack of taste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the like so, to, but the point that you're getting around to with that is is like if you think about the practical experience of Jeopardy, a Jeopardy quiz for knowledge. Right, yeah. I've built plenty of these. I've built probably oh, a yeah, dozen Jeopardy assessments for for faculty and stuff like that over time. Yeah. Yes, it's a game. Yes, it's a little more fun than just standing there answering questions. Kind of. But like if there's a victory, if there's a reason to the points and all that stuff, it's just to have more points. Like yeah. there's 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 no there's no, I think, narrative. There's no there's no environment to the actual experience that pulls you in and raptures you with you. If you love yeah. Jeopardy, maybe. But with an escape room if you can't figure out the puzzle, there is a frustration level. I mean, you have to be careful with these. That's why you don't want to make them too hard. But like 
if you can't figure out the puzzle, it's like, ah, I need to get to the next room like with everybody else. Or I want to, I want to make sure that we don't, we're not left behind if the other teams get ahead of us. Or there's a certain like just natural curiosity, motivation, engagement to figuring out puzzles and trying to get through that many people, not all, but many people engage with while jeopardy is literally who can get the most points. Like there's, there's nothing to that that makes it any more, valuable than just doing a regular old quiz review let me go over question one question one's answer is let me go over question two question two's answer is like you may as well just do that besides making a fancy graphic and keeping your instructional designers employed um (laughs) so the escape rooms i think i think josh and i having done escape rooms seeing the digital ones uh sophie's experience and and testimony to how effective they were at engaging the students like I see the value. My thing, and I, and I would expect many, many faculty, many instructors would see the value. I suspect the biggest constraint is how do I make these? Yeah. You know, when you think about the digital side, I really hope you took to heart the fact that Sophie offered you two tools that work really well together. They're free and they're easy to use. Google Sites, Google Forms. But she talked about her Dr. Deb, right? Dr. Deb was a low tech instructor. And so even a, yeah. even a, a moderate tech instructor may take on the sites and the forms by themselves and, and figure it out. But a low tech instructor is just going to stay away. That's where, I mean, thank you, Sophie. You like, you hit all the levels here. That's where if you're the low tech instructor instructor and you don't want to make it yourself, go to breakoutedu.com. Go to the escape, the, what, what was it? <laughs> Dang it. The escape classroom.com, right? Like there are people, there are resources out here that have done these things um, that you can just purchase them or download them yeah. or find templates and, and start using them yourself. So we, I think we agree that it's effective. It's functionally worth doing. And the barrier, which is knowing how to make one yourself is still something you can conquer with yeah. assistance from the community that's out here. So take it on there's resources like, it's, out it's there so worth it there's most likely templates and other options too like we talked about uh briefly with sophie after the interview that in episode 100 when we talked about canva uh, one of our guests on there shared that she set up uh escape rooms through canva and i know since then i've found some templates in canva that you can u- utilize so like there's not uh you're not there's different levels to how you want to engage with this you want to make a perfectly custom one you can learn how to do it. You can do it. If you want to get something from one of these resources that can be pre-used, you want to find somewhere in the middle. There's a lot of options out there, especially now. Uh, I like that Sophie highlighted that when she first started doing this, this was different. Escape rooms were newer. Like they, they yeah. are, haven't been around for forever. I mean, people have been escaping rooms forever, but we didn't pay for it. <laughs> uh, the, so, so, what? So, somebody, somebody was like, well, what if we just Dark. made people pay for that? Um, but uh, the, the resources are there that you can you can play around. You can do stuff. You can even do it in your. I was thinking about this before. You can do it in your LMS. Like you, if this is something you're willing to mess around with and want to do, or you have a team like that can help uh, uh, structural technologists or designers who can help you out with this. There's ways to do this. Like I could do this in can, Canvas, right? Like so, our LMS right. is Canvas. I could do this with certain pages and uh, quizzing and stuff like that that you could do. The hardest part would just be coming up with how the questions connect with clues and stuff. Right. But like, right. There's, there's ways to do that. Um, and you could use other examples people made to 
be a starting place for you. And again, we, we advertise in the podcast all the time, this, this simple teaching idea, start off small, get something from somebody else, do a temple from somebody else. Yeah. If you like it, if you like the way you're working at it next year, maybe build out a slightly more custom one, you know, that you want to do it. Right. Maybe the year after that, you log into this tool, ChatGPT, that people have been talking about for forever. Um, and you have to generate some things. You come up with some images, right? There's options out there for you and you don't have to start with everything right away. You can build up to doing these cool things with escape rooms, but I think it's worth trying it out instead of just doing a boring review in class. Um, or, uh, quite frankly, another Jeopardy game. Half your students don't even know what Jeopardy is anymore. Um, so, like, just let's try switching half. it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. Sophie there's, said, there's that one half. Sophie said from her experience, like, that she ended up not doing this as, like, a summative assessment, that she didn't build yeah. it to, like, she would use these as reviews. And I like that purpose for it. Um, but that's, like, actually maybe the biggest encouragement here is, like, if you're thinking about these, like, think about one unit to do it for or one lesson. Like you don't have to think about how you're going to integrate it into your entire classroom. Right. Yeah, exactly. Figure one out, take a shot at it. Um, it's going to work out. All right. I bet now, you, if, if you really want to take a challenge, high tech podcast challenge right here, you make your entire course, one single escape escape room. I don't know how you're going to do this. Um, but no, I'm just joking. That's a horrible idea. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just was thinking through how you do that. And I'm like, could be fun. Could be well, from day one, you lock the students in the room. And then oh, they, no, 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 no. Josh did not, not say that. I strike that from the record. <laughs> I rebuke that in the name of all things educational. Um, everyone, Josh has a sense of humor. He did not say lock your students in the room. <laughs> I was it's, it's, oh. college, it's college age it's fine oh sure. uh, yeah, that's, that's what i'm talking so much better <laughs> this has been episode 118 thank you sophie for taking the time with us thank you for re uh, lending your expertise and just becoming a new friend we love friends at the pot this podcast um as always you can make sure to connect with us because of this episode because of sophie get in touch with social etc uh through twitter and youtube we are at high tech podcast if you're on instagram uh, some of the other tools threads i think is high tech pod our website is high tech pod.us and our email is inbox at high tech pod.us please reach out to us dm us slack us message us something us smoke signal us send a, a bird with a letter on its foot i forget what that's called snail um, mail i'll give you josh's address pigeon? are you talking about pigeons yeah, pigeon <laughs> pigeon, pigeon carrier <laughs> yeah carrier but pigeon while you're thinking about all the carrier pigeon see thank you there's a term yeah. for it I just, bird, sorry bird with what? bird with message <laughs> a bird with a thing on its leg you know i did it i showed it for yeah, those yeah, who were yeah. watching exactly guys we're tired clear. we're so tired <laughs> While you're subscribing to us, engaging with us, finding us in those spaces and messaging us, people you think we should talk to or getting in our inbox because you want us to talk to you. Get ready for episode 119, which is next week. We're going to be actually opening up a topic that I really enjoy. I've been using this tool for a long time. I came in touch with it because of my, my work in K-12 and, and some of my colleagues in that space. It's a tool called Common Sense. If you're not familiar with this, commonsense.org, check it out. Just go get ready for it. Get used to using this. We're going to have two ambassadors from commonsense.org on the show, uh, Erica and Tina, and we're going to discuss what this tool can do for you, how it can help you protect your students 
Um, they look into security. They look into privacy. They look into emotional like readiness. They look into age appropriateness. Like there's a lot of things that goes into commonsense.org. They are meant to be a product to help you make sure you, the content, the tools you're using in your classroom are effective and appropriate. Uh, for your students. So I'm very excited, honestly, for 119. It's actually kind of like a PSA episode. I'm very, that's how I'm kind of approaching next week's or next episode's time with you. So find us on all the socials. Look forward to 119 with Tina and Erica. Thank you again, Sophie. And until next time, thank you for joining us for another week as we continue to learn what it looks like to harness technology in a room, escaping a room, digitally, virtually, physically, and all that good stuff. Thank you until next time. See ya. See ya.